Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Yasu and welcome to Around the Hearn. I love this episode. Two tremendously great people, two of my favorite people. Long interviews on this week's show, so I hope that you stay tuned and hear the whole thing. Uh, the interviews run about an hour or so, but they're so good. Andre Nott of the Cleveland Indians, I talked to for quite a while, and I laugh about our whole interview set. You hear parts of it. Thankfully, you don't hear what happened before we went on the air. Um, but a tremendous listen, especially as the Indians start their season this weekend. And Jeff Swick, one of my other favorite people from the Fowles Foundation, one of the Fort Jennings baseball coaches as well, and a guy I've known for a while. We joke around throughout the course of it, but some terrific things that he and Fowles are doing in Putnam County and for folks suffering with ALS, trying to make some money to get research and try to eradicate this disease. And both of those guys are uh, tremendous conversationalists. And we talk about a variety of things. I hope that you enjoy both of those coming up here in a few kind of news and notes, as we always do here on the start of this show. Uh, With the Major League Baseball season starting, a couple of locals, so to speak, on the opening day rosters or on the taxi squad to open the year. Detroit Tigers put out their roster for this opening part of whatever you want to call Major League Baseball season. They picked up John Schreiber, the UNOH grad, and put him on their opening day roster. Napoleon, they have a graduate named Art Warren. He'll be on the Mariners' taxi squad or the camp squad to open up the season that each team will have. It'll be curious to see Wednesday night, the Toronto Blue Jays, no longer of Toronto, are supposed to start the season hosting defending champ Washington. The problem is no one knows where that game is going to be. It was originally, obviously, supposed to be in Toronto, uh, but the uh, Canadian government said, nope, Blue Jays don't have a home. They tried to go to Pittsburgh. The Pennsylvania Commission said no. Now they're trying to go to either Hartford, Connecticut, or Iowa. The Cubs really want them to go there, or Baltimore. They might be sharing a stadium with the Orioles. Who knows? A little closer to home, the North Coast Athletic Conference which has Hiram and Wittenberg and a lot of the uh, teams in the state of Ohio. They have not just shut down football. They have suspended all of their athletics through the end of this calendar year. That's something uh, to keep an eye on. The OHSAA has posted specific sports rules on their website. The Coaches Association in the state of Ohio put out a proposal a couple of days ago. 37 pages. It talks about no more than... 11 minutes, I believe the the time was, of uh, continuous contact. And uh, coaches are saying, you know, seems a bit excessive because no one will be out there for 11 straight minutes in terms of touching. This is just not the way the football is made. But a lot of folks uh, talking about that, what that means for football, who knows. I'm going to try to get a, a football coach or two on this show and maybe explain, you've only got about a week and a half as I record this before fall practice starts. And the governor has an order in with masks now in the state of Ohio through the 31st. I'm not trying to be political. I'm just trying to pass along these notes. But 
something's got to get done here because fall starts in just over a week. If everything goes as it's supposed to, Fort Lorby and Minster Boys Golf, I love this, will have a sunrise tea time to make it the first event post-shutdown on August the 5th after the coronavirus. Fort Lorby made a bit of uh, news as well last week. They, they and Wapakoneta both share the name Redskins. And with all that's going on with now Washington's football club, uh, those two schools said they will not change their name. See how that plays out. And I want to give a big shout-out to Joe Schmidtmeyer, the uh, St. Mary's graduate and University of Finley golfer, qualified for the WOSGA championship flight play this past week in uh, up north and made it to the second round of the match play before she lost 2-1 and one in 20 holes to Caitlin Shutt, but a tremendous golfer, and I hope I can have her on here just to try to teach me something about golf sometime in the near future. Coming up, Andre Knott of the Cleveland Indians joins us for a terrific conversation. Talks about all things Cleveland Indians, about his take on the state of Ohio, about the agency podcast that he's a co-host of, and about how weird it is right now to have to be a part of baseball with no fans and no sound. That's coming up here on Around the Hearn. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Back now talking to Andre Knott of the Cleveland Indians and probably anywhere else you can find on Twitter, at Dre Knott's, the A to Z podcast, which I have to admit... I was behind a little bit and got caught up. They're very easy to listen to. They're pretty much whatever time Andre has between where he's <laughs> driving to watch and bet on Little League games or uh, whatever downtown place he's trying to get to. But I, I love the podcast, first of all. Thank you, man. Hey, and look, we haven't had baseball all year long, so I had to start going around to my Little League games to see what – I mean, it was cool. <laughs> I know you were listening to the old ones because I literally did go watch a Little League baseball game and do a podcast, and my wife goes, she goes people are going to think something's wrong with you. You don't have any friends or any kids out there on that field. I go, I need to see baseball. Leave me alone. <laughs> I told you before we went on, but I laughed so hard at that episode because it was literally just – I could tell you were going somewhere – because if you if you record enough stuff and talk to people, you can hear when they're in the car. Like you just yeah. know. And I heard it and and I heard you say, Yeah, I'm right down the street from where Zach grew up. I'm just randomly taking it a little league game and I stopped what I was doing. I was like, Did he just he's just watching a random little league game? Okay. <laughs> I know sometimes with a podcast the honesty almost is too much honesty and then you end up having a conversation like this. And you're like, man, I am a little weird. And I will say, some of my best, I don't know why, um, some of the best podcasting I do is just driving in the car. Um, I used to not like doing that, but I like randomly driving and doing and just talking because I think it takes, because I have to concentrate on the road. Um, sometimes some of the best podcasts we do are when I'm driving, and sometimes some of the worst are. Because, <laughs> because cause like, literally, like, that'll happen. Like, we, we had a topic that we wanted to talk about. 
and I'm just like so out of it and so quarantined out that I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go see if there's a little league game anywhere. And I ended up finding one in the middle of the day and like a Thursday afternoon. It was so odd, but, but so did the agency podcast. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I absolutely love it because a lot of podcasts and I've always tried to stay away from this are like so interview heavy or you're, you're just stiff is what I would say. And you yeah. guys definitely don't have that problem. It's, you would sit down with your buddy and there just happens to be a microphone there. And, and sometimes you realize maybe that's a story I shouldn't tell. Yes. No, Mike, I'm glad you said that because we started when we started that podcast, um, it started from Zach and I. We used to travel with the Cleveland Browns. He was a writer and I was the, the sideline guy. And we were two youngest people probably on the plane. And not that we felt out of place, but we obviously knew, like, keep your mouth shut. I mean, we grew up in that. We grew up in the era when you're the youngest in the area with a group, you shut up and you listen, right? And we would have fun when, you know, the plane landed. We would go on our own and we'd go to some college bar and, and try to act like we were big and tough at the college bar because, well, we had a couple dollars in our pocket. And finally, we had one of our buddies that was just like, he was like, hey, man, you guys do all this talking. Why don't you like, actually like record it? It's actually kind of funny. Um, and we've gone through phases of wanting to interview people, and, and we still will. We'll get back to that. But I think that's the, the, the conundrum that we kind of fall in is that we never want to be stiff, number one. And there, and he's a great interviewer. And obviously I interview, we both interview people for a living. Um, and we'll get back to that at some point in time. But I always tell him, I go, most people come to our podcast. And this was a rule I learned in radio from Casey Coleman. I don't know how many of your listeners, the listeners will remember or know who he was. He passed away, unfortunately, um, back in 05 from cancer. And I, that was the reason why I ended up doing um, Brown Sideline. Uh, because I worked at the station that he worked at and I was kind of his backup and, and, and I was only 26 years old. But Casey, like my first time doing a radio show, first like week or month, I was at News Radio WTM 1100. Um, Casey Coleman, whose father's in the in the Baseball Hall of Fame for, um, for being a play-by-play guy, he was like a legend in Cleveland where I'm from. And he called me and like, I was, I was on the air and he was, he was like, Hey, Andre, let me tell you something. And I was nervous as hell. I got to tell you. Cause like, I'm like, Oh my God, Casey Coleman's calling me. And he goes, Hey, let me tell you something. He goes, when people turn on the radio to hear you, he goes, they're not trying to hear Tim and Strongsville. They're hearing, they want to hear what Andre not thinks. And his point was that it's fine to use callers and it's fine to have callers, but use them as a crutch. Have a, you know, trust in your ability, trust in that somebody gave you the right to have that microphone. And I got to tell you, you know, he gave me that advice 14, 15, 16 years ago. Um, and, and I mean, it's in the right, in the right way. Cause you know, I listen to more, I listen to radio. I still love AM radio, talk radio. Um, but I think we're in this, you know, in this day and age of broadcasters wanting to yell and scream and tell you how much they know and things of that nature. There's a delicate middle ground. And I try to ride that because of Casey Coleman just telling me, Hey man, if the, if the show is yours, make the show yours. Don't make, don't rely. Basically, the thing was, don't rely on the callers to make your show because they're not always going to be in the same rhythm that you're going to be in. I think that's what I love about the podcast is I maybe listen to it a little bit different with being for years on TV and radio and doing play by play. Is you guys give out little nuggets about what you do or how you produce something or whatever. And uh, you were talking about how your dad had given you advice about you need to listen to country music and about. Yeah listening to different things was the theory. And it's so funny because as I was listening to you explain that about listening to different games or different play by play guys, I realized 
That's pretty much all I do when I'm in the car is, all right, here's two <laughs> seconds of this. Here's 10 seconds right. of that. Oh, all right. Why did this work? Why did that work? Would that work for me? It's fascinating. Right. We, isn't it? I mean, to me, the greatest players, the greatest basketball players, they take from other guys, you know, other guys' success. And in our business, and I, and like, and I know on our podcast, there's there's peers, there are college kids that want to do what we're doing. There, you know, there's people like we try to bring you behind the screen. And Jim Donovan, the play-by-play guy for the Browns, taught us at a very early age that he listens to soccer, he listens to play-by-play hockey, he listens to basketball play-by-play guys, he listens to college guys, pro guys, as in England. And the story that we told was that my dad told me when I first got in radio, he was like, "Hey man, if you want to be good at this." You can't just listen to what you like. He's like, you got to listen to country music. You got to listen to to whatever. How does a guy get in and out of a break? He goes, you may not like every. And it, it's the best advice I've gotten. And I know Jim Donovan has done that for me. Um, Joe Tate, the former Cavs play-by-play guy, who God blessed me to be able to sit behind him for four years and watch how he did play-by-play. Um, the guys that are versatile enough to be willing to listen to the others are the best ones. And it's nothing wrong to me. There's nothing wrong with listening to a guy do play-by-play and go, you know what? I'm going to use that the next time, you know, after a goal. You know, obviously, everybody gets their own their own calls or their own, you know, home run call. But sometimes it's good to know how to, you know, transition. I know working with Matt Underwood, um, who is 10 years older than me, him and I have conversations all the time just about, you know, and it's never, it's a constructive way to, to become better. And last night, we got done doing our first, pre, you know, preseason, whatever you want to call this, summer camp. And I instantly said, I go, when did you get comfortable last night and he goes ah, it took me two innings or so because well we're doing a baseball game with no crowd and they got fake noise pumped in and we're kind of judging you know how loud we can be or how quiet we need to be and it's awesome to be able to talk to these guys and hear the, the honest truth of yeah i wasn't comfortable yet or yeah i wasn't or, or i was comfortable this got me to be comfortable you know get the laugh and made me comfortable so i try to take in all of those little things because you never know when you'll be that person in that situation I love that you bring up Joe Tate because he is one of my favorite people I've ever met in my life. And it was way before I started doing play by play and kind of understanding that he, uh, he used to come down to this TV station I worked at in Lima and do one high school game every year because he, I can't remember how the story went. He had met the folks down here. He liked them. He knew them, something like that. And I just thought, That's the coolest thing because, you know, that's Joe Tate. Like, people don't realize, maybe if they're not from this area, how big of a deal that is that he came down every single year without fail when he had a break from the Cavs because it was, to him, it was about staying connected like that. And I thought that was the neatest thing. Yes. I'm glad you brought that up about Joe because I, my stepbrother has a daughter who's going to be a really, who's a, a really good basketball player. And, um, I want to think of the school. It's Cloverleaf. So they're playing Cloverleaf. My stepbrother's like, hey, man, we're, we're not far from where you live. Um, you want to come over and see the game? And it was like a Saturday. And I was like, yeah, let me let me get the kids right. Man, it's fun talking about pre-quarantine, just going to high school basketball games and not thinking twice about it. Right. Um, <laughs> God, we got to get back. I did one with like 50 people to end the season. So I oh, you were you did some of those games. So yeah. long story short, like, so he goes, and, and my stepbrother being, being facetious, and it was hilarious, he goes, you may want to come. One of your old friends is, I hear is here. And lo and behold, I walk in and Joe Tate's sitting there. It's like Kent Roosevelt, Cloverleaf Girls Basketball, Saturday, 1 o'clock in the middle of December. And there's Joe Tate in 2019. Because of still course being he is. Joe Tate. Right. 
But you just hit on like, or or I go to a Mount Union game, or I turn on a Mount Union football game, and he's still doing it, and he and he does it with the same passion that he did Cleveland Cavalier games. Let me, if you don't mind, I got I want to tell a quick Joe Tate story. No, go ahead. If you don't mind. Um, so I grew up in Northeast Ohio. Obviously, like you and others that are listening, I'm a huge fan of Joe Tate. And when I got out of college, there was a guy that I that I was I was helping out at a radio station. I wasn't making a lot of money. Um, and he said, hey, there's a job opening up with the Cleveland Cavaliers to produce and run all their music and sounds during the game. You know, when it's the ball, you know, when there's like a free throw and you hear the all the noise that the, the tradition was hate. And I go, dude, I've never done that. He goes, I don't care if you've done it or not. Just say yes when they ask you. He goes, Joe, you'll be sitting right behind Joe Tate. Well, that was all I needed to hear because I was like, I'll get to sit behind Joe Tate. So I go into this interview, and I would and I would tell any kid to do the same thing I did. They, hey, hey, have you ever used Quick Effects? At the time, I never had. And I go, no. I go, and I go, yeah, I've used it, and lied through my teeth, lied the whole way through them. Yeah, I can, I'm, I can play music at, at basketball games. Well, I end up getting hired. I had zero idea what the hell I was doing, but I read up on it, I figured it out, and I'm, I'm overly excited. I'm the happiest kid in the world because I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to sit behind Joe Tate and meet Joe Tate, right? So. The guy that helped me get the job was Joe Tate's engineer. His name is Joe Fritchie. Um, and he still works for the Cavs and still engineers for him. And I owe a lot of my career to him um, because of how great he was to me in the beginning. So I get the job, first preseason game of the year. This is the first year of LeBron uh, with the Cavaliers. So they invested a little bit more money to do things like the rest of the NBA. And I was one of those hires. And so Joe Fritchie walks in. I'm already there. I'm already set up behind where Joe Tate seated at. Joe Tate, Joe Tate comes in with Joe Fritchin, and Fritchin goes, hey, Joe, this is my friend Andre Knott. He's, uh, he works in AM radio. He's a really talented kid, really nice kid, really excited to meet you. And Joe just deadpan, and he goes, you better get into a better business. AM radio sucks. <laughs> and shakes my hand. And Michael, right then and there, I could have jumped off the, 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 the ledge that we were on, and, like, and I would have been like, all right, great. I'm ruining my life. <laughs> So, so, for, and then for a while, Joe would just, he would come in every day, he would, you know, every game, he'd shake my hand, how you doing, Andre? Wouldn't have a lot of a conversation. Um, but he was paying attention to me, and I didn't think he was. So, finally, probably by about December, and you know when a basketball season starts, by about December, he walks in, and we would have a little bit more talks, and during games, he would turn around and tell me to turn that, that crap down. <laughs> <laughs> like he would, or he would tell me, uh, who's wasting this money to bring in these performers? All you should have is clowns and dogs and kids. We don't need any of this other BS. But only like how Joe Tate could say that. right? Um, <laughs> and then so finally, it's like December, and he walks in, and he turns and looks at me and makes sure there's no one is around. He goes, hey, kid. And I go, yes, sir. He goes, um, I listened to your radio show yesterday. He goes, you're pretty damn good. He goes, don't pay attention to what these bosses are telling you. You be yourself and stay who you are. He goes, and when you say something stupid, I'll let you know. That was better than, that was better than any paycheck that I had ever gotten in this business. And that gave me the confidence to be willing to be different, the confidence to keep trying to do stuff that I've never done before. And lo and behold, every once in a while, it doesn't happen often, but every once in a while, I'll get a note, and it'll be Joe Tate breaking down something good or bad that I've done and how I could do it better. And it still has the same effect on me as it did the first time he told me way back when that I had a chance in this business. That's what Joe Tate's effect has been on my life and career. That's amazing. I, I And again, having met him a couple of times, I can just hear that. I can hear him saying all of that. 
And just, uh, I would tell anybody at that point, I just, well, you know what? I don't care if you think I suck. Joe Tate said I was okay. <laughs> exactly. Right? That's, that's how my job resume works. I'm done this, this, and this, and Joe Tate said I don't suck. Right. <laughs> just, that's my only reference. Joe Tate said I wasn't terrible. Right. They're not good. Not terrible. <laughs> right. Like, they'll just stand there and look at it. They'll be like, all right, that's cool. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. It's funny, though, because how many people have maybe not been able to do something and then went and looked it up afterwards. There's a bunch of kids writing that down right now. Like, oh, yeah, okay, all right. Just tell them you can do it. Unless you're trying to get right. a college football job and you lied about, you know, where you went to college, it works out fine. <laughs> hey, he got the job for like two days, right? Yeah, no, <laughs> nobody figured that out. I was like, wait a second. This seems off. Wait. Yeah, it's a tad off. Where, did, where exactly did you play and coach before? <laughs> you know the sad thing is? I bet if we really looked up half of coaches out there there's just people in general i think a lot of people lie a little bit or fudge a little bit on their resume to be completely honest oh for sure i i would bet it's a very high number there's one or two things where you want to walk into everybody's office and be like all right well it says you can do this prove it right and nine times out of ten they can't it's (laughs) like the friends episode where joey has to go through and he, he has to do uh ballet dancing and he says he's like a teacher until they yeah, tell him to do yeah. it, and then it's that's not going to work. Yeah, can't do it. Sorry, I, I got a my knee hurts a little bit today. <laughs> right, right. Uh, I don't. I don't feel good. I I can't do that. Well, you need to go home right now. <laughs> I I do want to say your podcast that you guys did early June, the about making progress podcast. Yeah. I listened to the whole thing and I understood everything and i just want to tell you i enjoy doesn't seem like the right word but i i i loved what you were able to say about everything and i think if i was ever going to point out to someone you need to listen to one episode of one podcast for me that would be it wow well thank you um this year is uh look man i'm you and i are no matter what our color is or you know, where we've grown up or what schools we've gone to, most of us are really a lot alike for the most part. And we want the best in life. And unfortunately this year has thrown such curveballs at us that I think it's made us look in the mirror a little bit more and really process it should. who and what we are. Yeah, it should. And, you know, I've had this talk with my, my mom and my wife and, and my, my parents. I, I, I don't want to be a martyr. I don't want to, you know, I, I just feel like, I guess I'm at an age and at a time where I think, you know, I had a friend tell me something that really meant a lot to me. He was like, hey, man, you've proven over the last, you know, 10, 15 years that you're not a nut job, that you're, you're a decent enough human being. Um, don't be afraid to, to speak how you feel because people know that you're not crazy. And it's a backwards compliment, but I needed to hear that because a lot of times, no matter how, you know, no matter how comfortable you are behind a microphone, Sometimes, you know, like anybody, I always make the joke. I had a, I got a, had a, one of my best friends, white guy that I've known forever. And we're like brothers. We grew up in each other's houses. And the first time I did a radio, uh, I did a play by play game. And you'll probably get this, but not completely, but you'll get it. I did the game. I was nervous. And I asked him, I was like, what'd you think? He was like, you were all right, man, but you didn't sound like yourself. He goes, you're a black man. Sound black. And like, and like it was, and he wasn't like, he was like, just be you. Right, and but we la- but he the way that laugh and break the ice was like he was like hey man you sound like a white guy a constipated white guy go out and be yourself, and it was hilarious, and we, like we laughed our asses off because it was he was just saying be you, and I think 
you know, in June and, and just in, and what this year has taught us, um, I had to go back to that. Um, just be you, be honest, be yourself. And I think the beautiful thing about our podcast is that Zach and I, just like you and I are right now, Zach and I are two completely different individuals, but we've grown up, you know, 20 minutes apart. We've, we, we're, our ages are pretty close. He's a white kid from Manchester High School. You know, I'm a black kid that went to St. Vincent, St. Mary. Um, and there's a lot of parallels you can make that we shouldn't like each other. And, we, and, and in our podcast, we mock our high schools. We mock the neighborhoods we grew up or in. Or you mock his um, high school. Uh, yes, yes. And at the end of the day, though, we have the biggest, you know, the, you know, the person that, you know, he makes fun of St. V people and makes fun of, you know, of, of my, you know, my ACT was my 40-yard dash <laughs> to get into the safety. Um, but at the end of the day, you know what he does and what I do? I go to his, I go to Manchester High School and I speak to those kids. And, you know, once a year we go and we do something for the English classes. Um, we go talk to, you know, the athletes at the, and we do it for both schools. And I think our relationship and our friendship hopefully shows the younger generation, but also the, the older generation that we're better when we all work together, you know, and, and I know that's a corny thing and easy thing to say, but it's true. Um, despite our differences, sometimes some of the best things we get is, is by working together and, and seeing what the other person has. And, you know, and I think that's hopefully what's the stated out there. And I'm glad that I had a chance to have a voice at that moment. I will tell you that it was uneasy at times, but, I feel 100% better today that I actually did something that I wasn't comfortable with doing at the time. Well, I will say for people who haven't listened to it, there is a handful of language. I told Andre (laughs) off the air that I laughed because for me, I'm not offended easily. And I thought his basically first sentence was one (laughs) of the funniest things I've heard in a while. Now I got the meaning behind it. If you don't listen to it, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I just, I kind of went, you know, I had it on. I was playing MLB the show and I, I heard that and I was like, wait, what? Okay. <laughs> yes. All right. I get it. This is going to be a passionate episode. Okay. But no, right. I, oh, I, see, I enjoyed it. it. <laughs> Thank you. I, I think I mean, because I got the I'll, message as well. I think that was right. a big part of it. I guess the question I would say is how else do you start something that, you know, like that was, a that was raw emotion and, I didn't know any other way to start it. And I'll admit, I'm, a, I'm an anvil. I'm, I'm the fullback of the podcast. <laughs> I go down there and I bust the wedge up. And that's how I was busting it that day. The gist of it is, if you haven't heard it, is, uh, is a different declaration of don't be racist. Yes. There you go. It's a, a very it's poignant a definition of don't be racist. <laughs> but I, I enjoyed I wish it. it. I wish I did. Thank you. I wish I had hit it button, but I'm, I'm kind of glad. If somebody's going to remember something from me in 2020, that's the statement I want them to remember. <laughs> right, right. I mean, hey, it's got to be something, you know? <laughs> right. It's better than a lot of other people are going to be remembered for in 2020. I also, uh, I have a friend who, ironically, was just on this show, and you just did a podcast with John Fanta, and mm-hmm. you talked about the Indians, and about, at the time, it was about how things are going to be. Now you've kind of gone through one of these, what's the, yeah. the catch line, the summer 2.0? Summer camp. Yeah. yeah, with the hats that are selling for fifty bucks. Well, I was just gonna say, you know, it's all about selling stuff. Come on, man. yeah. <laughs> it's like we can put summer camp on the back of hats and people will buy it. Okay, right. <laughs> I, I saw it the other day. Uh, we watched the Pittsburgh game Saturday night, and I thought, all right, that's kind of cool. The black and white logos on the front with the team name. All right, now we've got the logo on the side. Now we've got uh-huh. the summer camp logo on the back, but only for uh-huh. some of them. I noticed the coaches only have the MLB logos. 
Yeah. See, look at you. You're like, see you. <laughs> I, we got a lot of same characteristics. I pay attention to a bunch of crap. That oh yeah, matter, do, but I pay yeah, doing play by play. I think it warps your view on the world. It does. It because you do it on everything, right? Oh yeah. I'm, like um, I'm not allowed to watch CSI with my wife oh, because I, I'm I'm really good with names and faces. And as right. soon as it shows up in the credits or I see the person, I'm like, he's the killer. Dude, yep, we're two yep, minutes yep, yep. in. You couldn't just shut up. Right. Nope. I, I already read it. That's the reason why they're using I'm this person this way. Go do something else now. <laughs> Summer Camp um, 2.0 or Spring Training 2.0, however they're calling it. Um, it fits into this year. It's very odd, very different. But I will say, as we're a couple of days away from the season starting, um, and I was, and I'll be honest with you, I and I think I can say it now. I haven't been sold that we were going to have any regular season anything this year, the way things have been going. Uh, but I think we're going to have baseball. And I will say, um, it's odd. The first, last night, the first inning was was odd. It's just different, you know. The the piped in noise, the, the the no fans, the wearing a mask, as you know, during most of the game, uh, seeing others in masks. It, it it took a minute. It was a jolt. Of, of energy, but of also just like the reality of where we're at. But I think the beautiful thing of it is, and I hope this is how the rest of our lives come back together. Um, once we got there about five or six outs and we went to our first break or second break and came back, um, it was pretty good to be able to kind of go into cruise control and, and you know what I mean? And just, and go back to what we love doing. And I think, you know, it like I know it when you do a game, um, there's nothing like just, and it's hard to explain, but when you just get in your rhythm, when you're not thinking about what you're doing, you're just doing it. When you're just, you know, when you're just living in that moment and for us, I don't want to speak for everyone, but a lot of us haven't been able just to live in that moment uh, for a lot of this year. So I think baseball wise, I think the players and talking to the players, they feel the same way. Yeah. It's weird to look up in the stands and not see people, but you know what, when it's the two, one count and, and you know, and things are moving and your mind's thinking baseball, uh, it's a great outlet away, and it's a great thing. And hopefully what we take from this year, whether it be high school, little league, heck, you, we've already made fun of me going to a little league baseball game. Hopefully we have a better uh, appreciation for all the extra things we get in life um, after going through this. And I think that's what's going to happen with baseball. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, back when I did that podcast in June talking about race relations and everything else, I, I was I, I questioned if we needed a distraction because I was so angry and so and so frustrated. I will say now we do need a frustrate. We do we excuse me. We do need uh, that distraction to, to get us away, to get our minds away, to to think positive thoughts, to see smiles. Um, the, the sports distractions are real, and, and we need them to be a healthy country. I really believe that. Kind of something is a technical thing that made me think, and I'd love to hear maybe. Sometime, uh, if I'm able to ask Matt or ask Rick about this, it's going to be such an odd thing where you're going to get basically one static feed, and it's more for them, I, I guess, than you, mm-hmm. but you're going to get one set feed, and you might get one extra camera because I heard him talk about the remote cameras, but to not be able to, to feel the extra stuff or to see certain things, that's that's kind of an oddly limiting thing, I would think, that might yeah. keep them from getting in that rhythm. Yeah, you're right. Um, we've kind of told ourselves we're not going to complain, but you're right. We're going to have, especially for the road games. I mean, the road games, like we're going to sit in the studio and watch it off the TVs. Um, there's certain elements that, you know, and and this is one of those things. I 
I cringe at because I want to say this. I don't want to make anybody too mad, but it's true. You get a lot of people that haven't done the job that try to tell you how to do the job. <laughs> Twitter? Uh, yeah, yeah. All and those bosses. doctors move from Facebook to Twitter. It's amazing. <laughs> Twitter, yeah, it's amazing, right? They're yeah, all now producers. Right, right, right. And I don't think people understand that just the natural, you know what it is. You could all, it's like talking about your dog that you're talking about before we start recording. It may be blind, but it has a feel for when it's comfortable, it has a feel and doesn't need to see. Same thing in play by play. And sometimes the sounds of the, of the arena or court, sometimes the, the, the atmosphere, you can get through four or five pitches just talking about that. Now suddenly we're going to be in a quiet studio looking at three TVs trying to, you know, tell the picture. It's going to be, and I'm not complaining. It's better than not doing them games, but it's going to be an element that we've never seen before. We've never done before. And it's going to be interesting how you captivate everything that's in front of you, but not in front of you. Well, I was thinking you, you guys should try to figure out how to do it like the Yankees do, where every single person has their own booth. <laughs> I just saw that on Twitter a little bit ago. I did, yeah. It was like Michael Kay's in one. Yeah, Susan Walbin's way at the end. Yeah, but yeah, how does Susan get all the way down there is the question I, that I have. That's what, maybe she didn't want to be by anybody. That's very possible. Very Which possible. one of you guys I wonder is that guy? By, right. Yeah, that'll be Rick Manning. That's what I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I call him the governor, though, because... Uh, and this is before we get on politics and have Yeah, fun. you can't say but the governor in Ohio right now. I think that's out loud. Yeah, leave that guy alone. I mean, the funny thing is, all the people that the funny people is all the people that that voted for him hate him now. It's amazing how that works. Um, it's generally how it goes. I, always, I think uh, you're right, but I always call Rick the governor because he can walk through a baseball park and there's a hundred thousand people. And he can shake hands, kiss babies, take pictures. And, like, it's amazing how, and then he'll get up to the booth and he's the grumpiest old man of all time. I love him. <laughs> I was, uh, I've always heard that, uh, Jim day said that about Marty for years with the reds. Yep. He said, you never Same understand. Thing. You're like, all these people love you. Yeah. But I'm just trying to go to work. Just go away. Exactly. That's yeah. It's funny. You bring that. Jim day and I had a conversation. And I can't talk about it right now on air, but <laughs> we just had a conversation about 45 minutes, a couple of that Friday night. But think both of us were having a beverage, kind of getting ourselves ready for the question you just asked. How do we do our jobs the best way we can without having the best elements that we're used to having? And sometimes you need to have someone like a Jim Day that, or someone like you that I can just kind of go to and say, you know, I'm going to pull out all my hair, even though I don't have any, but we still got to do this. It's a hell of a trick. <laughs> <laughs> you get that done that's one hell of a trick it's a magic trick right <laughs> right it, it is though and it's interesting too because again i don't watch games the same way my wife and i watched the parts of last night uh, last night's game together and watched uh, saturday night's game together and i don't uh i don't watch the same way because my thing is you know, we were talking about i think all right what where's andre going to be what's he going to come up with is Right. Is he going to be in one of the stands up here? <laughs> and you talked about that with, with John Fanta about, you know, I, I have some ideas. My thought was, well, we could just go have Andre go into one of the uh, concession stands and cook something, but Ooh. who's going to get it? You're right. I like, like that who's idea. Who's he cooking though. for, you know? Right. No, I mean, hey, man, we're going to have fun with this, right? Like, I'm, like, I'm going to go in places in the stadium that I've never gone before. I may tweet out. I may tweet out one day at 4 o'clock. Hey. Tweet me to your favorite seat in the ballpark that you want to see me sit from for two or three innings. And I'll bring like, we have to, we have to be, we have, this is to me, we have to be creative. Um, and if fans can't be in the stadium, 
Um, if you can make a couple fans happy because I went to their section and sat in their section for, for two innings, and I'll, I'll do it. Um, I think it's cool. You know, you talk about the Pittsburgh game. You're watching the Pittsburgh game Saturday night. Robbie, who does sideline for them, I know a little bit. And even though he touched all the guys, a lot of people's plates and, and food and everything else, which was a big no-no. That was weird. In our day. That, <laughs> Very the, uh, weird. The older gentleman was not happy. No. Can you blame him? No. He was not happy <laughs> was, with the whole segment. Oh, they put a camera up here. Right. Great. Now they're sending a guy right. up here? Right, right. Because you know how it works. If, if that, they probably had the best secret in Pittsburgh going. Uh, and now they the whole, don't now know. Pittsburgh knows about. Exactly. But in saying all of that, I knew what Robbie was getting at. And that's where – and I'm glad – you know, sometimes, you know, the mistake you make, hopefully I learn from and vice versa. It was a great idea to put a camera up there. And I could see a producer in, in his ear going, hey, Robbie, you should go up there, too, and do a hit from up there. And we're at such a stage right now where we're, nothing's normal. I'm sure they did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, oh, yeah, let's run up there. And then like, I, I cringed as soon as I saw him start going around the table. I'm like, dude, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. Right. But I learned from that. Like I still want to do. I'm gonna. I want to. I might go to the top of the stadium one night. You might. You may see me open up one game from, from the, the cemetery across the street, or from you know where the, where Tommy hit a ball 505 feet. I might go out in Heritage Park. You go I mean, down to the point, RTA. Go Tower City by right. the RTA. There's nobody down here. <laughs> I might. Don't, Doesn't I might, appear there's no 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 one's down here watching the game. All right. I, I I think this year I was supposed to uh, get in a Goodyear blimp for a game. And I think that's out. So maybe I'll just get on a maybe I'll just get on a boat in Lake Erie and just be out there on a boat in Lake Erie and do something. Who knows? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. I I'm stoked. Sixty games. Let's go. Like and you. But are you going on the road? Uh, at first they wanted me to, but at this point, no. We're I'm going to be in the studios too, um, and I'm going to have to get creative. I got thirty games on the you know I got thirty road games where, and the thing I'm I'm lucky with and I'm and I'm blessed with is that. I've built enough relationships with the players and the coaches and the managers um, that I can still have conversations with them through text, through whatever else. And I've kind of said to some of the pitchers, like, hey, man, I'm going to be annoying you guys this year uh, with text messages and phone calls. But, you know, like even with – I told Clevenger two nights ago, like, hey, I texted him. I was like, hey, I know I'm annoying you. I go, can you give me 10 minutes of your time just to, so I can get stuff? Because what I, the one thing for me that I miss in, in my job right now is the intimacy. And it's not the interviews that you see me that actually end up on television. It's the conversations that I have with these guys just in passing. You know what it's like when you go in a locker room. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I don't, I, don't, I don't have to record with every player that's in the locker room. But I did I, – I'm trying to remember. I, I want to remember the person that taught me this because it's been a great, great rule that I've learned for my job. Um, Bell, Jarrett Bell, that writes for USA Today. When I was covering the Browns, he went to me and another – he went to a writer. And we were young, and he kind of said, um, he goes, hey, how many guys are in this, in this, in this locker room? And we were like, uh, 53. And he goes, yeah. He goes, no. so how many stories do you guys got? And we kind of looked at him crazy. And he, and, and he was like, you should have 53 different stories because there's 53 different guys in here. He's like, don't, ever, don't always go up to a guy with a microphone in, in front of their face. Get to know these guys. So when you do have to ask them a tough question, they know that you're coming from a good place and that you're not just using them. So, so it's the same thing in baseball. If there's going to be 30 guys in the clubhouse. I need to know 30 different stories. And if I know those 30 different stories, I can get great information that helps our broadcast become much better. So I'm going to have to use that theory to the, the umpteenth degree this year. And I got to find those stories a little bit differently than how I usually do. I think for away games, they should CGI you in the opponent's ballpark. Ooh. And you should just, you know say don't don't do what hammy would do you know and just talk crap about detroit <laughs> or chicago but 
Uh, he hates going to Chicago. I figured that one out over yes, the years. He does. Yes, he, but it he would just be funny. Does. Like, we'll just CGI yeah. him next to their dugout. It's like you know he's what? really like here. That. I think we're going to get a cardboard cutout of me and just send it on the road. I'll send That's you a bill. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. Flat Stanley. <laughs> yeah, Flat Stanley. I'll be everywhere. They'll That's probably, a good idea, man. They'll probably try to make you pay for that. Probably. And like Stanley, all, you're right. All these places be like, that'll be $60. No, we. he's with us. It's fine. Yeah. It's part of the it's part of the, the broadcast, right? It's part of his gimmick. Just leave him alone. <laughs> the wrestling interviews coming out talking about right. Gimmicks, see, it. <laughs> it's funny though. You don't realize if you do that, if you do wrestling, you see it's kind of like play by play. You see the world in a completely different way, and you start to wonder what's real and what can I get away with here. Right, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure of it. <laughs> um, biggest kind of takeaway from the the summer camp: Yu Chang, Mike Freeman, terrific summers. How do they fit with how the season goes? That's a great, you know, the Yu Chang one is great because we've heard, we've heard stuff about him for years. I don't know. You remember he was in, he was the big part of the trade that didn't happen with Jonathan LaCroix. Uh, when LaCroix said he didn't want to come to Cleveland from Milwaukee. That the made him there, a, a happy guy in yeah. Cleveland. Yeah. Beautiful move, Jonathan. Life hasn't been the same since. Didn't he get um, cut or something the next off season, yeah, I think? He, he, yeah. yeah, they did. He's, been on like four teams since three or four teams since that happened. Hmm. I think he's in Boston trying to make the team right now. Um, but with Chang, it's like we've always heard that he's supposed to be good. We've always heard that he's got this talent. And I can say this, and Tito has said this to me before, is like sometimes you read the reports on young players and you want to believe it, but until you actually see it, it's hard for you to manage that player to know what you're going to really get from them. And what Yu Chang has done this spring or this summer or whatever the hell this is, is shown that he has major league pop. He has major league power. Um, Nolan Jones hit a ball, who's one of their other top prospects, hit an oppo homer uh, a week ago. That you know, He's a big kid. He's like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, and he hit a ball opposite way. It looks like he barely put the bat out there, and it just took off. Um, also, Bradley Zimmer finally looks like the first-round pick uh, that he was. So those are the big ones. Also, the starting pitching. It's been amazing that, you know, we haven't had baseball in four months and how hard these guys work and no one was looking. Um, you wouldn't know that Shane Beaver hasn't made a start this year yet. You wouldn't know. Aaron Savali comes right out his first time in an inter-squad game if there's 100 pitches. Um, I think that could be – I mean, and we knew this, you know, back in March, but the ability to work their tails off when no one were, was watching or looking could be the extra part that gets the Indians off to a great start here coming up this weekend. Does it – play into their favor or does it work against them with this shorter season where obviously every game counts you can't lose random games in August against you know Chicago Detroit whoever right I think it helps because I think 60 games you can cover up from the warts you may have and right now I think there's I don't want to say warts but I think there's a lot of questions about the bullpen I think over 162 they maybe would have to either get lucky with someone kind of stepping up into a role or they would have to make a trade to get somebody to lengthen the, the bullpen out I think in 60 games, if the starting pitching can average five and six innings a game, um, it, it makes it, and, and you can score some runs, and I think they're going to score some runs with the lineup and the way it's, it's situated. I think you can cover that up, that problem up in 60 games. So I think it, it helps. They can come out and average five, six, seven runs, you know, in the first two, three weeks, and then the starters can go five, six innings. Suddenly your bullpen being iffy isn't that scary, right? <laughs> right. But it, Hopefully. <laughs> That's the hope that you can go out for six, seven runs. You keep the other team to two or three, and you got you know four run, three run games going into the seventh, eighth inning. 
that's easier to deal with than being in one run or one run. Hey, the games that the bullpen is some, and we never like. I wish we we were, we'll talk about this more. The games where your bullpen quality matters more are when you're down one run or two runs in the seventh or eighth inning, and your bullpen can't hold it there. You know what I mean? Like, how many games have you seen where it's like you know four two in the seventh, and you're like, all right, we got two more at bats, we got three more at bats, and then you know some reliever gives up three more runs. Well, the game's over. The guys that can have the relievers that can hold the game when you're down two runs are the teams that win more. Last question about the Indians I want to ask you. You talked about this with John Fanta in the interview I watched about Domingo Santana, but about that crowded outfield, how are those guys going to stand out and separate themselves to to kind of make up that, all right, we mostly know right-left center is going to be this most nights? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's where the, the wizardry of, of, of Tito Francona is going to have to come in. Um, I know he doesn't, you know, it, it, it's a lot easier to put Mike Trout in the lineup every day. Uh, like some teams do, or, you know, or put a, you know, that's not the case here. Uh, I think, I think we're going to see a, a, get a dose of Bradley Zimmer early because he's healthy and he's played unbelievable. And he's just got all these traits. He's got all these ways to help you win games if he's on the field. Um, I think it's going to be just more of a hot hand type deal. Um, I think it's going to be some guys that may get frustrated at times. I mean, even this weekend, you're probably going to see two lefties this weekend. So Domingo Santana's going to get a chance. And if he goes out there and hits a home run or hits two home runs this weekend, he's probably going to get a chance to get some right-handed pitcher on Monday or Tuesday. Um, and if he doesn't, he'll probably be sitting and watching. And, you know, if Jordan Luplo gets gets hot, you know, and he hit a home run, hit a bomb last night off the right-handed pitcher, I think the opportunities will come up. Um, I think Tito's been great at the day. In 2016, the outfielders were not – it wasn't a sexy group of outfielders. But he pieced it together and matched it together, and they ended up having great production, whether it was from Chisholm, Rajay Davis, you know, Brandon Geyer. Uh, none of those guys you would write home about about winning a World Series about, but those guys all played great roles and felt important on the team. Cheeto's going to have to do that again this year with what he has. I love the the stat you guys had a couple of nights ago about the infield. First time mm. the Indians have had an all-switch hitting infield. That's, I mean, that also, too, that's got to play huge given the, the variance of pitchers that they'll face. Oh, oh yeah. The variety, of, the variety of what those guys bring um, between speed, power, driving the ball the other way, um, those four guys, I mean, shoot, you got two of the most talented players in baseball in the middle of that, uh, in Lindor and Ramirez. Uh, I like to see that, that Tito's basically said, screw it. I'm putting the four best four best hitters all together, and we're going, and we're going to go with it. Uh, Hernandez, I think, is going to fit in well because he's not going to be asked to do a lot, but get on base. Uh, and, and, just, and I think that's the greatest equalizer, even though your last question about the outfield. The one thing Tito and the Indians are great at, um, I think Bill Belichick is great at this as well. I'm not saying they're the same, one and the same. I just think the great teams, great coaches, Nick Saban, I think, is great at this. There's a ton of great high school coaches that are great at this. They don't ask players to do things they're not good at. You know what I mean? Like, like, hey, if you're good at this, just do that and be really good at it. And if you're really good at one thing, that's what we're going to use you to do. And I think that's what Tito's basically going to do with those those four infielders. Um, he's not going to ask. He's not going to say, Jose, you're batting second. I need you to bunt. And I need you to. He's going to say, No, Jose, go be Jose. Lindor, you're going to bat third. I'm not going to tell you, you know, to hit more, you know, to try to hit more power or this and that. Just go be. Francisco Lindor. Um, I think he's Domingo Santana. He's going to do that with the bullpen. I think the greatest coaches, the greatest leaders, that's what they do. And I think that's how this is going to work this year. I'm excited. 
Uh, I when we get summer season done and we get to the actual sixty game sprint, I'm excited to see what this team could do. I, I've kind of been on that for a while, and I'm excited to see what broadcasts look like from your perspective. Dude, I tell you what, let's do this again in a, in a month because I'm in the same. I, seriously, let's do this again in a month because I am very curious how this is going to work. Um, I was talking to one of our video guys this morning and. And a quote that was said to me by an official with the Indians is in this year, we're going to find out the dysfunctional families and the the families that are put together. Well, talking about organization, (laughs) but I think TV wise, you're going to see the same thing. You're going to see the disorganized dysfunctional TV crews, and you're going to see the talented TV crews rise to the top. I'm hoping, and I'm pretty sure we are a good one, but I'm hoping that that's what happens with ours, but you're going to see some bad TV as well because some people aren't set up to do this. I've already seen some bad TV watching these, but that's for, for a different time. Uh, <laughs> I think you guys are going to do very well. I mean, you don't get two Emmys and a, a group of Emmys with uh, without knowing what you're doing. And I, I love sure. love watching the games, love seeing what you guys are doing. Yeah, thank, God, thank you so much. We um, we got a, I'm in a good group. I'm, I really I mean that wholeheartedly. They all let us be who we are. Um, I've been in other situations where you're not allowed to be yourself, but. Um, what you guys hear on the air is, and you know this, you can't fake, you can't fake kindness. You can't fake, fake laughter. It's real. This is how we are with each other all day long. Uh, I give you a perfect example. One of our producers sent us this long text this morning from a friend's dad who's just, who's really, who's hardcore quarantining for the best night of his life this year in 2020 was last night watching a game that didn't count. And our producer's like, just want to do that. I want you guys to know the effect you guys have on people. Enjoy your day off in the first text, and I won't say back who it was back from. Is somebody saying the old guy probably used to party with Rick Manning? <laughs> <laughs> that's our group. Wow. Okay. That's uh, that's a heck of a way to end that. That's I don't think you can do much better. <laughs> At Dre not on Twitter, the A to Z podcast every Monday. Is that just yeah, when you try, have time? Yeah, we try. Yeah, we try to get one a week. And when the and the money's coming right, we do two a week. But right, gotta get those fireworks sponsors in. <laughs> hey man, you should have seen the fireworks display we got because of that. God bless American Fireworks. <laughs> they, I mean, I could have we put on something better than most cities put on. And now all my neighbors think I'm nuts, but that's okay. <laughs> well, for that reason, at least. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, I thank you so much for doing this. I, I'm excited about anytime you want to come back. Just give me a call. You got it. But let's do it. let's get back and let's go like a month or so. And I want because I, I I I love I love the, the mediums we work in. I'll be curious to see what you see because you're in a different part of Ohio than I am. Uh, but hopefully you'll see some Pittsburgh games. Just take in what you I see. I don't want to watch so Pittsburgh games. Uh, I neither do I. Well, no 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 comment. Neither I mean, I. Uh, <laughs> what'd you say? I like my job. <laughs> I'd like to keep my Let's, job. There you go. But seriously, let's talk in like a month and take some notes on what we like and don't like, and what we because the NBA is coming back and they're going to be in that weird bubble. Yeah. Hockey's coming back; they're going to be in a weird bubble. I am very curious of where because let's be honest, these TV companies and these TV places are going to realize that they could cut back on money in certain places when hey, when them doing broadcast this way. Yeah. I fear that. So let's pay attention to how how we're given the package over the next month or so. I I look forward to comparing notes. All right. Awesome. At Dre Not on Twitter, the one and only Andre Not. Hey, Bearcat fans. Special Row Hardware is your local hometown hardware store. Located at 115 North Broadway Street in Spencerville, Special Row Hardware can assist with any painting with their full line of paint and custom tinning. 
Also stocked with the highest quality power tools. You can reach Spectreville Hardware by calling 419-647-4468. Plan your trip by checking out their e-catalog on SpectrevilleHardware.com. To place your items in your cart and have the order emailed to the store and ready for pickup. Spectreville Hardware is open Monday through Friday, 8 to 6, and 8 to 3 on Saturday. Spectreville Hardware Store, 419-647-4468. Back here on Around the Hearn and talking now to Jeff Swick from Fouls, P-H-A-A-L-S, playing hardball against ALS, one of my favorite programs, and I, I'm i going to say this. I'm only going to say it once. One of my favorite people in Jeff Swick. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. It's uh, it's fun. it's great to, to hear, your, hear your voice and, uh, and appreciate everything you do, even in, during these crazy times. That's kind of the lead-in. The crazy times and with everything going on, you know, obviously less baseball, whatever, that's not as much of a big deal as it is to to just sort of try to get through everyday life. And I know that's with a big family and that's kind of got to be something a little different for you. It is, you know, and that's been, um, you know, been a challenge with everybody home and, and whatnot. And, you know, and with, with kind of having the, having all, having the three boys and, and here and kind of help work through the dynamics of, of, Last before finishing up school and then finishing up our, you know, and then with our varsity season being there, but now the June we were able to play. Luckily, we were able to play over here in Fort Jennings and being able to um, get our get our youth programs in, and and then with that, you know, with that token, also go along with you know trying to work, and I work from home now with my new job. So and and trying to run and try to see the dynamics for for the Fall Foundation, you know, and, and being a nonprofit. You know, it's it's the only way you, a nonprofit succeeds is through contributions. And during a time when those are challenged, it it you have to find maybe some different ways to um, to make that work. Well, we were just talking before we went on about the spring, kind of before everything sort of fell out. And with raising money, you were just telling mm-hmm. me about the ALS TDI. And for folks who mm-hmm. don't know uh, about what that is, about kind of uh, continuing to try to put money into research. Yeah, so so about five years ago, um, being an independent that we are um, really gave us a chance to really kind of me to kind of look at look at the scope of, in theory, the ALS world and finding, you know, finding somebody or finding an organization that, that kind of fit our goals, fit our, our you know, our mission statement. And ALS TDI out of uh, it's out of um, you know Boston, Massachusetts, um, out of Cambridge is where their office is, and they're you know they're a one hundred percent ALS research organization. They're actually the only nonprofit, so they're not a pharmaceutical company for profit. They are a nonprofit, so everybody there you know you take that next step, and and they've been doing great things on on research on finding potentially finding medicines to help slow the slow the ALS disease. And, you know, we've become great partners with them and it gave us a chance to actually have somebody at that level, uh, partnership because, you know, with us doing a lot of our stuff locally for our patients, which is, we're, we're so excited and, and families are so blessed that we can do that. But having, you know, being small and not having a research, having a research company that's doing it is a, it finished our circle. And, you know, the people there have such, such a great, mental approach to that but you know during these tough times it was tough for them and i and i love the the to being able on that local level and you talk about being nonprofit hooked up with other nonprofits about 
kind of being able to look at people, help people that you know in more of a one-for-one in terms of, you know, $1 comes in, you can tell them where it's going. Yeah, correct. And, that, and that's, that's been our, you know, that's been our mission and our, our mantra from day one. I mean, you know, we are being a nonprofit, uh, you know, and, and we've sat and had these conversations, being nonprofit to many these organizations doesn't mean non, non, you know, profit. <laughs> I mean, they're, they take a lot of those dollars and, you know, nationally, even you're allowed to take 70% of those dollars of your dollars and put it towards operating costs. And so you think about it, you know, so if I give a dollar and I'm only, you're only helping those you need 30 cents of it, that's, you know, and we didn't take that approach. You know, we don't have a staff. We don't have that. We don't, we have none of that. The only operating cost we truly have is fuel for our, 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 tr- our truck and insurance to cover us at events. I mean, you know, outside of the event cost each time. And so when we say a hundred percent, it's, it's a hundred percent, especially when it's direct donations and which we get quite often, you know, our friends over in, in Paulding that, that do a golf outing in the beginning of August, you know, they're generating, you know, um, generated roughly about six, $7,000 each year. That's a directly goes into our program. I mean, so it's not, okay, you get this fee, a percentage off. It's direct money going directly out. And, you know, we were blessed with some of that money to help a family, um, you know, up in the northeast northeast corner of Ohio, you know, the, the father would been was diagnosed and was going down fast and had just wanted to go take his grandkids to, to Disney this this last winter and early spring and and the time they didn't have enough time. I mean they so we expedited dollars, expedited these trips, worked with a local um a travel agent here in town and hooked them up with the family and they got a chance to go and, and that was right when COVID hit. And they were actually down in at Disney during this kind of during that and was able to get home and, and unfortunately in that process he's passed away and and we talk about no red tape. That's kind of one of our one of our slogans and you know and with having to go through so much paperwork, we try to avoid that. And because in the end, let us figure that out on the backside. Let's I want to make, we always try to make sure our families and anybody that wants help gets it at least as long as we can provide something, we try to do that. You talk about golf outings coming up in Ottawa on September the 12th. It's a Saturday. What does the being able to to put on, especially in this time, the Putnam County ALS golf and walk benefit, what does that mean to you, uh, kind of to you personally about where you've come to where you are now? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty humbling because, you know, that's something that this is our sixth year for it. Um, we've, you know, we've taken that and been able to generate, you know, the generated dollars is well over, you know, around $60,000 that we generate there that day, you know, before expenses. And, and it's humbling. I mean, being able to, that, that our local communities, um, can come together, you know, and it's not just for an Ottawa or a Fort Jennings or a Kaleido or a Lipstick or, you know, any of the, any of the other amazing community around the area, we get a chance to come together and, and it's, and it's been, it's, it's pretty emotional. I mean, when you come out and see our, see the memory garden that we place out, out, and you see all of these, all these banners of all these families members and, and just, it, it really gets you a chance to understand the why, um, we do this and, and over the years of being able to grow it, you know, we, we still, and we were, we're maxed out every year at 36 teams. 
Um, we have usually a couple hundred or more people come for our walk. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's a great experience for, um, not only families that are experiencing the disease currently, but those that have in the past. And, and it's a place that they can come together and kind of tell stories. Um, you know, those that are, are dealing with it currently can ask questions. Um, and being able to get together as that is, is important. And this year being different, I mean, this is our year that we've got to be different with what we're doing because. Obviously, the rules and regulations come into play, and luckily, um, you know, we've been given the thumbs up to move forward. We had to make some changes. Um, we normally spend the morning out at Pike Run Golf Club um, with the golf and walk, and then we move over. We always would move over to the Buckeye Club in, in North City with Adam Bellman, and because Adam's father-in-law was was Dave Snitsky was fighting the disease, and he had just passed away this past year, and and with that dynamic and being a healthcare type organization, our board just really wasn't prepared to kind of wanting to put people in those positions, whether, you know, whatever side of the fence anyone is on, but we felt that that was needed. So we're, we're keeping it this year at the Pike Run, um, kind of eliminating a lot of our, fortunately eliminating a lot of our raffles and our, our you know, raffle buckets and, and live auctions and whatnot. But, I think with uh, what we have, what people will like because the golf and walk is the same. Nothing changes for people out there. You know, if you've been experiencing it before, please come. It's nothing changed. Um, you just, uh, you know, just hopefully those people uh, maybe provide a little more in the 50-50 drawing that we are going to have. The check-in for that at 8.30, golf at 9.30. Talk about teams, $240 a team, $60 an individual. Uh, is there a Jeff Swick golf sighting? Are you golfing while that's going on? I I have never so I'll be transparent. I've never been able to golf in the event. So because I'm I'm always there at because you're house, working or because you know, you're terrible. Because I'm working. Because oh, okay. I would probably because I probably would win it. So maybe that's why they don't want me to. That's it, probably <laughs> probably would. I would stack a team because that's how what I how, what I do. I I would know, slow I, everybody down looking for my balls in the woods. <laughs> Well, if we were playing together, I just would just leave it because I just figure if I'm going to lose, I figure I'm losing a dozen balls and just because somebody, someone else might need it more than I do. We're just going to play low-key best ball. <laughs> we'll just not tell anybody. Yeah. You know, and one of the things that we've been blessed with is been able to this year too, or this for this golf outing is, is we've reached back out to a lot of our sponsors because, you know, in the end, you're also relying on sponsorship to help fund they help fund events like these as we all, as anybody that runs an event. And, and, you know, there's fine lines. And, and after having conversations with a lot of our sponsors and, and people, they were, they were more than happy to continue their, their, their fight with us. And, and we very grateful that, you know, during their potentially business is hard times, they still feel the need and, and our mission is, is important. And we were, we're, we're blessed that, that we're given that opportunity to have, you know, we've established this event. We didn't want to have to cancel because of that. You know, people look forward to this event and as well as our sponsors being able to, they, you know, they budget into their, their cycle every year to do this. And, and we're, we're excited for that. I've uh, probably rightly so, according to a lot of people, given you a lot of crap over the years during Fort Jennings games or broadcasts or whatever. But I honestly don't know any better people and anyone better at the helm to, help folks out and be in charge of this. And I, I absolutely love, obviously I miss 
when we were able to go to Cincinnati. The good news is we don't have to watch the Reds play in person this year. Or <laughs> I guess you don't get to either way. But, uh, yeah, I, right. I can't say enough good things about you. I don't tell a lot of people that, but I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. No, I, I appreciate that because, you know, it, you know, that I guess it was bred in me because my, I always, I always give credit, a lot of credit to my parents and, you know, having grown up and my, you know, my mom was a volunteer at the, at the hospital for 20 some years. She, she worked at St. Rita's there on the side. She, you know, she, my dad was a self-employed, you know, I, I worked in our shop sweeping, you know, just the things you do because it's, we're here to help others make the life better for those around you. You know, and my, one of the things my dad has always said was, you know, it's not what you do now. It's what, you know, what legacy, it's kind of like that, that legacy word. And it's just, it's that, that isn't been instilled with me at a young age. And, you know, especially when they started in 2012, you know, it's such a weird dynamic then that, you know, we, you know, we, we were, we knew each other then, it's, you know, doing games and as a head coach and, and just being able to find a find another path to a way to to give back to those that are sometimes don't know have it anywhere else to turn and and I you know I I try to say that we do the I do the best I can and and you know I'm I can be bullheaded I can be pretty somewhat people call say arrogant but to be honest with you it's it's just the what you're supposed to do. I always say you're supposed to help others. You're supposed to do do for others, and you know that's going to come back. And, and the foundation really, I know. I you know I should write one. We we should write one. Uh, Maybe I we should write a book. <laughs> Nobody's going to read that book. <laughs> well, we'll put it online. You know, I don't let, even want to read. Do, people don't read. It'll be an audio. Right. Well, we'll do it in our in our voice, and we'll just it's do a it whole as a different audio. podcast. <laughs> but no, you know that's. And that's the fun, like the fun thing, you know, I sit there when I fill out these, the forms for every year and I look, you know, and I, and it's humbling to say that, you know, we've distributed over almost a quarter of a million dollars. I mean, you know, we've distributed over $230,000, um, in our, in our existence since 2012, you know, and it's just, it's in a hundred, like just looking at this now, it's pulling this up. I mean, we, you know, $55,000 we've distributed to people for to make dreams happen and we've supported twenty five thousand dollars in scholarships that maybe kids wouldn't be able to go to school and you know and, and then this last spring you know we we gave our third research grant to tdi in a fifty thousand dollar grant which pushes us to one hundred fifty thousand dollars total in, in research grants um you know and and that's just it's, it's pretty awesome and and now that we've kind of set our dug our feet in and, and as I call it the play, a player in the game and that's maybe that's the competitive side of me of, of this was kind of a challenge and and no one's going to tell me I can't we that we can't do something and and trust me that's been said there was that was told to us point blank that well you guys can't do this who are you you're just a little old you know organization out of Northwest Ohio and that I took that as a challenge and that's probably the athlete in me but you know, when this spring, when TDI reached out to us and they were having some financial, obviously, as everybody was keeping their employees and especially researchers in the, in the, in the lab, um, they asked us if we would be, we were in a position to contribute our, our biannual $50,000 grant. And, and we were, but we said we would like to do it to, to do a challenge out for a matching fund. And that matching fund 
went through the month of April. And at the end of April, um, the national community of ALS um, contributed an additional $150,000. So just by our local people and our local sponsors and our local supporters to get that 50 was actually a $200,000 gift. And, you know, that's, again, that stuff just doesn't happen if you're, if you're lazy, if you don't want to put the time in and you don't, don't care about what others, you know, about others. Nobody cares about others more than you. I, I, I'm just going <laughs> to say that I've, I've found that out. And I mean that sincerely. Um, one other thing I want to ask you about is uh, yeah. Matt DeBay was on here a couple of months ago, and I asked him about mm-hmm. how the funding for the new park in Fort Jennings is going. Have you guys had any luck or any updates with that? Yeah, so obviously a lot of that, you know, again, we, you know, like we said, of course, timing is, is, is everything, good or bad. And, and you know, we, we kind of got the ball rolling and we kind of started, we call them kind of those, those big sponsorships, big sponsors for our, you know, our new athletic complex. And, you know, and kind of got that, those discussions made. And then obviously, you know, the world went to pot. And um, so we've kind of restarted those, those concepts. We've kind of tried to, we've, we've re, re-engaged that i mean we did pretty much put it on hiatus that because we didn't really want to go out to those people we didn't feel it was in the right we were in the right position to do that yet and and we weren't necessarily out anything we knew that and but we have moved forward we've had some communication we are really cool and really blessed i mean it kind of announced it here um what i'm supposed to or not but i'm going to um you know our senior class of 2020 um, you know, with all of that they had to do here at Jennings, you know, or missed and, you know, enabled to, to spend a, go on their class trip and spend some dollars in different ways. Um, they just recently contributed, um, decided to move their dollars from their class over to the athletic complex. And that those dollars, I, um, not knowing for sure, but I was being told that it was over $10,000 contributed. So just, so in theory, you know, and I think that goes to say a lot of our seniors had something to do with that on the baseball team. You know, we had six seniors that were, you know, that we've coached or, or been a part of since they've been, you know, in grade school. And, I, and, and those are the kind of things that makes you know you're doing things right. You know, I mean, as a, as a coach, wins and losses are awesome. You can, well, the wins are. But, yeah, it's true. The way you, you've been you've been on our bus and you've seen our, yeah, the losses are not real story. fun with us. I mean, so the uh, but it's it's the case that we obviously are made, you know we've we've instilled some some pretty adult decision making in these kids and so we're pretty blessed on that. But you know our goal, you you know, probably the goal, adult decision making debate wasn't a part of it. Uh, he he kind of. He, I don't he, believe he, he wasn't there he that tried. night. It's fine. But no, you know, and it's just, so we're, we're excited. I mean, we want to keep moving forward, but we also were realists, you know, and, and to, to generate, you know, a half a million dollars, um, is, isn't, isn't a small task. Um, but basically being able to do it in the scope that we are and, and kind of doing it the way we did it of, of getting our plans together, getting the, getting everything in place and getting the blueprints done that way, when that time comes, we can and and we we knew that if our goal was obviously hopefully the plan was going to be the plan in 2022 um but if that doesn't happen then that doesn't happen and we're and but 
you know, we're, we're still going to keep pushing to see what we can do with that. It's, it's, the complex is going to be amazing. And, and, you know, and there's, you know, there people were, it sucks because people were really talking about it. Um, we were really getting a lot of our feet under ourselves um, before this all hit. And, you know, and, and, and we'll just have to re-ratchet it up and, and, uh, and go from there. Well, I'm excited to see what the micro press box looks like and have no uh, ladder of doom this time around like the old one. <laughs> no, because this will be a nice, we may, you know, well, by that, by that time, will you be needing assistance up, the, up that staff? Or, Probably. Uh, I just had a birthday. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that, that'll be, I'll, I will, whether it's the Mike Hearn press box or the Mike Hearn chair, oh, yeah, one right. way or the other, it will have your name on something. Yeah, because, yeah uh, it'll be outside. It'll be near the near the Porta John. No, that'll be big enough. It's it's big enough for for the for for your ego. But we make sure that space is big <laughs> right, <enough for> <laughs> right. Well, I I appreciate you coming on uh, again. People who want to find out more about the uh, benefit and about the golf, they want to just learn more. Where do they go? Yeah, they can go to our website. It's uh, phaalf.org. dot org. Just get in there. You you click in what what we're about and then downloadable files and you can, you can get our, the, the golf outing trifold. You can get the letter from me kind of explaining some things. Um, or you can, uh, if you're just looking to, to register, um, for that, you can register at uh, the email to register is P H A A L F golf at gmail.com. You can ask those questions from there. Um, and as well, right on that, that form, is uh, where you would return the registration form. Um, it's uh, ALS Golf and Walk, Attention to Ryan Sexually, P.O. Box 621, Ottawa, Ohio. And it's right there on that trifold. So go to our website. You can download all of that, and uh, you can uh, you can come be a part of it. Our teams are teams are filling up um, pretty quickly. We, we usually have a wait list. So if anybody out there and your listeners are interested, please do. And if you do... This, uh, I will, you know, I, I will absolutely, any of the listeners that sign up from this, I will, uh, I'll be there with, uh, waiting for you and thanking you and, uh, may even have a special little, uh, little fall surprise for anybody that, uh, signs up and lets them know that you heard us through, uh, through your, your podcast. And I believe that's your number on the website. They can call you if they have questions about falls, uh, about 3 a.m. is when you're most popular. Oh, that's the, that's the best time. I've been using that know. one for years. I hope someone does it eventually. <laughs> it is, you know, yeah, it is. And you can, and, and reach out to me personally, especially even if it's not about the, the golf outing, it's about, you know, a family member or somebody, you know, um, you know, reach out to me. It's, it's Jeff at falls.org. Um, reach out. Uh, my email and phone number directly to me is there. Um, you know, and I can honestly say I'm, I've done this long enough that you probably don't, get a chance to go directly to a, uh, a, a founder and, and, uh, CEO of a nonprofit and, and let them answer you at least within relative distance. Now you, I, it takes usually about a month, but yeah, it's about a month. <laughs> yeah. But I got to filter your, I got to filter your messages. I don't, I don't like you. I got to go now. <laughs> uh, no, no but that, I, I, I really do, uh, wish you guys no. all the best and I hope that everything, uh, goes terrifically. No, my friend, and, and, and a lot of that is reciprocated. Um, we've known each other a long time. We give each other a, a, a hard time, and I think that's, that's because of the, the, the mutual respect. And, uh, again, the things you do for the local local sports 
Sports Nation and, you know, around the is, is amazing. I'm glad the talents are, are second to none. Um, you know, the, the, you know, the world's the limits for you, my friend. And I, I can't wait to, uh, see what's next for you. Your check is in the mail. As, as always. <laughs> That's Jeff Swick. <laughs> Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062, and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. And I highly recommend when you go to my place, don't tell them you know me, but uh, tell them you heard about my place on around the Hearn. I get the grilled chicken, bacon, American cheese, and mayonnaise. It is uh, absolutely phenomenal. And as always, my big thing has been try to support as many local businesses as you can. And they do a terrific job at my place of uh, feeding you for a terrific price. Thanks so much to Andre Knott and Jeff Swick for coming on the show Andre Knott with the A to Z podcast that comes out around every Monday, as I'm told. Jeff Swick, the uh, Fowl's Head 2020 Putnam County ALS Golf and Walk Benefit in Ottawa, Saturday, September the 12th. All of the website information you can find at phaals.org. Just $60 per person. You can help raise money for ALS research. And uh, I love the story that he told about the Fort Jennings Seniors and about how they were helping raise money, gave their class money to help try to better the future by building an athletic complex. They are my shout-out for the week. Uh, it doesn't get you anything, but I I love what they did, and kudos to those kids and their parents for being such great individuals. Next week, coming up on the show, John Cook, the host of the Talking Hoops podcast. And kind of a special thing, in the next couple of weeks, I, I talked to a guy. His name is Andy Brown. He's a British painter. He's painted all 30 MLB ballparks. And I just kind of put a bug out just to kind of see with different things right now. Not as much sports, obviously, going on. I think he'll be a fantastic interview as well. That coming up in the next couple of weeks. And if you'd like to be on this show, you can always email me, Mike at MichaelHearn.com. You can hit me up on Twitter, at MichaelHearnPVP. And I hope that you enjoy the show. Rate it on iTunes and tell your friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Around the Hearn. Here I go. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at MichaelHearnPVP for more great area content.